when you get the call on the prayer line, don't forget to pray. And as he lifts you and moves you to pray again, you pray again. Because it strengthens us to hear about Missy. <laughs> Thank you, Dave, for sharing that with us. What Sweetie's mom's gone through. Man, I said this last week, there are people sitting in here today that a year ago or two years ago we didn't think would be with us. They went through so much. But our prayer made the difference. It doesn't matter where we're at. He is there. And man, can I tell you something, brothers and sisters, whenever you are walking with Jesus, it is well with your soul. There ain't nothing the devil can bring on us. You know that? There ain't nothing that he can tear us down with if we just hang on to Jesus. The story of the man that wrote that song had lost his family. He was a businessman and they were going to Europe, I think, over in there. And he got the message that the ship had gone down and all was lost. All but his wife. And the captain told him when he got to that spot, he said, this is about where the, the boat went down. You see, you get in some bad places sometimes, but then if you listen, the Lord will tell you. This song has been around for a long time and it still resonates. At that moment, he's there where the babies were lost. And a peace came over him like nothing that we can comprehend. And he writes these words. Now I know this, and y'all forgive me for saying what I'm about to say if you don't agree with me. The Bible is the infallible word of God. A lot of fellows hold it, held an ink pen during that time while it was being written. And I believe some of these songs, God was holding the ink pen when these songs were being written. I believe it with all my heart. It was something they needed to write, and the reason they have stood the test of time is simply because it's God-ordained. Amen. And I'll tell you, I believe that with all my heart. You see, the book of Acts ain't over yet, by the way. We're not going to add nothing to the word. But the church age is still going on. Yes, Jesus did say, these works you see me do, you will do, and greater. Hallelujah. That's right. So Because he goes to the Father and the Holy Ghost comes and he is the one that does the empowering. He chose us when we're studying the word. To help us to understand. He gives anointing to the speakers and the teachers whenever they get up to speak. It's him that's doing it. I want you this morning. I have tried my best to submit myself to God Almighty. And if I get out of that, I don't want to be speaking. I mean, he did it, didn't he? Didn't he do it to John the Baptist's daddy? He can do it to Ken. But I want to be the vessel, the conduit that he will work through. There are a lot of men and women standing in pulpits this morning and that's exactly what they have prayed. It's not to be mean-spirited. It's not to be anything but other than to give truth and the uplifting truth that will save us. The uplifting truth that will give us some joy in our life. Remember last week we talked about joy. The week before we talked about love. This week we're talking about peace. Peace. Is anything taking your peace away? 
I'll tell you, sometimes you can walk around some church people and they dress nice, they know the part, they know the words, but boy, they look like they've been eating on lemons. They act like they've been eating on lemons and their stomach's upset. I know that ain't none of y'all, but just telling you that just so when you see them, just have a little grace. Have a little grace. If you see yourself falling into that place, it's time to start praying because the devil is trying to call you from the herd. And you don't want to get called from the herd. Peace. I either just heard from heaven or I heard it from one of y'all, but my peace I give to you. That's what Jesus said. His peace. Now you know he went to the cross, right? And you know it was a tough it was a tough road. Oh, it was tough. But he had peace because he was still holding on to the Father. He could see to the end. You see, we walk through life, we need to be seeing to the end. We don't need to be looking for this little short time here on earth, this little next couple of weeks. We need to be looking to eternity because we will be reunited with our loved ones. We will be seeing Jesus face to face. I got a hint that he ain't going to look like he looks in the pictures we see. And I'm telling you, when we sung that song there, there's something hit me this morning that says, you know what? I was like, is he coming back right now? Are we not going to get to finish the song? Not that I wanted to, but I felt so strongly in my spirit that the presence of God was in this place. He is in this place. He is in this place. And we need to give him praise. We need to give him all the glory because he deserves it. He deserves every bit of it. He sees stuff that's going to be coming tomorrow if time lasts. He says, just hold on to me. I know the way through it. All power and authority is given unto him in heaven and in earth. And we need to be living our lives like that. And he is the one that is in authority. We need to be hanging on to that, that he is the one that's in authority. And nobody can tear that away. We just hold on to him. We hold on to the word. We let the word come in. And we let the word minister to us. And we hold on to Jesus. You know, we're going to face some stuff in this life. But you know what he's doing? He's molding and shaping. Molding and shaping is exactly what he's doing. Molding and shaping. Wow. So what is peace? It's getting hot in here. It feels awful good outside. Y'all want to move out? I'd sure like a good... Cool day to preach. And I'll be sweating all over your hands when I shake them whenever you leave. Hold on to Jesus. Fruit of the Spirit, right? Fruit of the Spirit. Not fruits, fruit. If you ain't been here in the last couple of weeks, I'm going to repeat it. And I'm going to repeat it probably for a bunch of other weeks until we get it in our, in our hearts, get it in our spirits. It's one fruit with nine different elements. Oh, well, I got love. I ain't got so much joy, friend. You don't have it. It's a package deal. They all intertwine together. 
You can't have love and not have joy. You can't have joy and not have love. We're talking about agape love, God's kind of love. That's what he's talking about. He ain't talking about anything else. And now we're coming over to peace. And you're not going to have peace without having love and joy intertwined in it and vice versa. You're not going to have love and joy and not have peace. Next time you look in the mirror and you look a little sour, start talking to Jesus. You don't have to look in the mirror. You know. You know. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can get some down days, can't you? Feel like you don't have any peace. Feel like your joy's done slipped away. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That's the flesh taking over and trying to. That's the devil. He found a little chink in the armor, and he is just a, he, he is. He gets that little hammer and chisel out, and if you let him get close to that little crack in the armor, he will sit there and dig and dig and dig and dig. You know, we used to have prisoners locked up, and you had to do cell searches all the time. You know why? These people be trying to dig out. Got cinder blocks. It's got rebar in the middle of them. It's that's hooked in the ground, all of it's tied together. You bust a cinder block, you still got a set of bars there that you can't get through. And these dudes sitting there taking a Bob Barker toothbrush, y'all don't understand that because Bob Barker is a company that does like for hotels and prisons and stuff like that. They make up soap and toothpaste and toothbrushes and they'll take them things and file them down, make a shank or a digging tool. You'd be surprised what a piece of plastic can do to mortar. And that's exactly what the devil does. He don't need a whole lot. All he needs is a little space. It's up to you and me that he don't get that space. That's why we're joined here together. That's why we share with one another. I need prayer. I'm weak in my spirit. Or if I don't even, maybe I don't even have it in it to say. Maybe I got too much pride to talk about it. But you can see. You can see. You, you can tell that tree, the fruit ain't just doing, man, I'm sweating all over everything. You can tell that it ain't, ain't right. And, that, and that's when you start praying even harder. You really start getting serious with the Lord over somebody that's dealing with something. Right? I know when Sweetie is having a bad day. Because she don't act like she normally does. And it's usually something's going on. And that's when you start praying more. The devil has done hopped up there with his little hammer and his little chisel, and he's found something, and he's trying to chisel and work. And see, that's what we do. When we see that this peace might be lacking a little bit, then it's time we start praying. Maybe it's time we give some word, word that's going to make a difference. Because peace, like a river, surroundeth my soul. Peace, I'm going to give you, I'm going to read this real quick for you. It's Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It's where we've been the last few weeks. Let me get my cheaters out. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. We're covering today long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Let me give you a warning. When we get down to the week we're going to do the self-control one, make sure you make it to church. The devil will do everything he can to keep you away from church. I'm going to tell you now, there's some meat in there that is going to make a difference in every one of our lives when we get to that one. It's a ways away yet. I hope you're enjoying this, but I believe this is what God has given us. You see, the fruit is there not only that other people can see, but it's there so I can see me. 
And when this fruit comes out, whenever I'm going through a trial, through something that's very hard and something that's very difficult, and yet instead of me lashing out and being mean like the old fleshly me was, something else comes out, and that's God saying, you know what, I'm still here, and you're still here too. It's just a trial. It's just something that you're dealing with. That's what the fruit is there. That's why we didn't know it. Not so much for me to look at you and see, well, oh yeah, you know, then I become the judge. Don't walk on that road. It's a bad place to be. But we can look at it and say, you know, my brother is suffering right now. And I need to help him. Peace. Peace is freedom from disagreement or quarrels. It's harmony. It's an undisturbed state of mind. The state of two or more persons or groups being bound together as opposed to being separated. That's what the definition says. Being separated. There should be no separation in the body of Christ. There should be love flowing, which will bring joy as a part of it, which will bring peace. And there should be no separation in the body of Christ. Never. Never should that happen. An angel said in Luke 2 and 14, says, Glory to God in the highest and, the, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That was a proclamation from God. Glory to God in the highest. Every time you take the name of Jesus and you're bringing glory to the Father, well, God did this for me. You might be in a, in a place, in a situation that people don't want to hear that, but you go ahead and you speak out for Jesus. Because it's glory to God in the highest. He is the highest. If we don't believe He's the highest, then we can't give Him glory, now can we? You give some lesser, littler God some kind of glory. But you see, what happened was when Adam and Eve was in the garden and they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they wanted to be like God or to become gods. They wanted to know the good and the evil. God said, you don't need to know that. Stay away from it. They didn't listen. And by them and through them and by their actions, sin entered into the world for mankind. You ain't saved today. You ain't invited Jesus in your heart. You're living in sin. It ain't your fault, but you got a responsibility now. We're going to get there in just a minute. You were born into this world in a sin nature. I've said it, and it makes people cringe when I say it because we used to use littler words. But I'm going to tell you, every one of you is a thief in here today. If you're not saved, it's in you. Do you let it out or not? Every one of you in here is gay or lesbian. Did you know that? It's in you. Do you let it out or not? That's the nature that wants to take over. That's the nature that wants to sow the strife and the discord. But do you let it out or not? Do you understand what I'm talking about this morning, brothers and sisters? You see, if we lose peace because we're arguing over what is sin and what ain't, who's pulling the strings? It's not the Holy Ghost. It's the devil. 
how you want to pick it. Choose it how you want to choose it. Justify it how you want to justify it. But let's stick to the truth. Because the truth is what sets us free. And see, when sin and judgment and condemnation comes in, it leaves no room for peace. It makes me wonder sometimes when I see brothers and sisters that's got the lemon face. They got the actions of people I used to work around, the bad guys. Something's going on. There's a problem between them and God. You see, me and Brother Murphy was talking about this. Can I use your name on this? If it's truth, right? If it ain't, stand up and tell me it ain't. Tell them it ain't. <coughs> Most of the time, when you're lashing, lashing out against someone else, look in that mirror because there's something going on between you and God. The preacher preaches the message. As long as it's in the Word, and it is the Word, then it is from God. It is ordained from God. It is anointed. No matter what you're feeling, it is anointed. You see, he's preached messages, and I've been doing it a little while now, and I've preached messages, and I can go to that back door, and people just didn't like it, didn't agree with it, and some was like, oh, thank you so much for that word. Now you tell me what in the world's going on there. And because some peace will be coming out of somebody because something hit. It landed on the toes. And then it would be, the devil will use that to rob us of peace. And you see, here's the thing. We make the choice of whether or not we're going to let the Spirit have his way or not. Like I said, every one of you is a thief in here, but how many times have you had a chance to steal something and probably not get caught and you didn't? We won't go to the other ones, but, you know, you can fill in the blank with whatever you want. Because, see, we do know right and wrong. It's something that he puts inside of our hearts. We're going to worship something. But whenever we don't let the Holy Ghost have his way, whenever he shows us something and we don't allow him to have his way, that's called quenching the Spirit. Now, I could be feeling happy with Jesus up here when we're singing, maybe when the preaching's going on, and, and, and let me pick on somebody else this morning. I do this just to make a picture, okay? Don't take it personal. Uh, person A sits here like a bullfrog, and person B is over here praising God. How did person B allow that person to quench the Spirit? It can happen. You can get a whole room full of people heading in the wrong direction, and that's exactly what the devil wants to do. He wants to take peace out of the church. Take it, number one, out of your life, and then it goes over to your wife, it goes over to your kids, it goes over to your immediate family, it comes inside the church. That's exactly what he sets out to do. Why? Because he realizes this fruit ain't going to bear. And this fruit needs to bear, this fruit has to bear, because it's a testimony of who Jesus is and the power of God Almighty. Amen? We talked about change. We are changed people. We are not the same people we once were. We are still in the process of being changed. And that is the power of the Spirit. Now the minute He gets ready to change something we don't want changed, then we resist and we don't allow Him to do it. Many times we start going in search now to find out what somebody else thinks. And the whole time the Spirit's been speaking. Am I right this morning? 
We go looking for somebody that's going to tell us what we want to hear. We have the warning in Scripture that Paul gave that in the last days they're going to have itching ears. They're going to be want to be pleased. They're going to be want to hear what they want to hear. They want to be stood up and, and, and confirmed in what they believe and what they want to hold on to. But now the Spirit, He ain't going to do that. He will testify of Jesus and Him alone. He will produce fruit that only He produces, and that's the only way it will happen. Now, I'll tell you this. If we had a little more spirit flowing, I'm not talking about feeling happy. I'm talking about if we had a little more spirit flowing, there'd be a whole lot less disunity going on inside of homes and inside of churches. Now, you cannot amen me if you don't want to, but here's the deal. We get to take the test over and over and over until we get it right. That's called grace. He extends that to us. Right? He gives us space to repent. Like he said in Revelation. You remember about Jezebel. I gave her space to repent, but she would not. And so he gives us every tool that we need so that we can have this. So therefore, you joined the church this morning. You are now part of the body. You're like a, a, a pinky nail or something. Well, that pinky nail means something. Hit it with a hammer and find out. <laughs> Try to pick a bug up out of the floor without fingernails on. I used to keep mine really short and couldn't pick nothing up. Now, I say that to make the point. Every aspect of the body of Christ is important. Don't you sit there and feel like you ain't important. I'm not teaching Sunday school. I'm not singing. I'm not doing this. I'm not... No, he is wanting you to be something. Find out what it is. Be a prayer warrior. I wish we had enough people in our church now that we could put somebody, three or four of you, every Sunday over there in a quiet room somewhere and you spent the time that I'm preaching and as praise and worship is going on, praying for the service. That I follow him, that you hear him, to keep evil at bay, that those that are lost will be saved, those that have backslidden will get back up. That's what we need to be praying for. That we will be strengthened, that we will follow his leading. That's what we need to be praying for. And I wish we had that. That's a hint. Hello, that's a hint. Who's going to pick it up and run with it? God's talking to somebody. And you know what? If enough people become a part of that prayer warrior, not just a prayer chain where we get the phone call, I'm talking about in here whenever battle's going on. You see, you're the troops and you're getting prepared for the battle. He is the leader. He's speaking through the preacher, whether it be me or Wayne or whoever. He's the one that's doing the, the, doing the preparing for the, for the body. And see, whenever we get to the place that we have this with him, that's where peace lies. That's where the peace lies. You see, God, he provided for us. When we were separated, there was no way we could be reconciled with God, but he became, Jesus became our propitiation, which means the payment, so to speak. He became the payment, Romans 3 and 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith 
to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now that's some big word, isn't it? He made the way for us. If you didn't get that one, 1 John 2 and 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commands. You see, that's not something to beat somebody with a wet noodle with. That is something for me to look at and say, Sin, Ken, you're not, you're not holding on to this. You're, not, you're, you're letting this slip in your life. You're letting this take over. And what that does is he's saying, pay attention to what I said. This is how you will know that you're mine, that you know me. You see, we like being like little kids. You know, we think we hide our eyes, nobody can see us. Our little kitty does that. That thing, you know, he'll get behind a, a straw. He'll get down real low. Like it's hid. It's thinking if its eyes can't see, it's sneaking up on it. We do the same thing. We do the same thing by refusing to learn the word, by refusing to receive good preaching and teaching. Well, if I don't know, I won't be held accountable. Yes, you will. Because, see, if you know him, you're going to want to be closer to him, and that, folks, is where the peace lies. Is this making sense or not? Are y'all just chewing or am I just like talking in circles? I ain't listening to me. So he makes the way for us. In 1 John 4 and 10, in this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You see the pictures going on here? God's saying, I love you so much, I'm going to make a way. If that sits inside of you and me, look to your left, look to your right, behind you and in front of you, and you can look at your neighbor and you can say, I love you. And I'm going to do whatever I can that we will be bound up with Christ in the center because the, the church ain't going to have this disunity happening. Because peace has to be there. Do you understand? Oh, we're a spirit-filled church. Oh, great. Oh, that's so great. When we had good saying, man, wasn't that just awesome? And then somebody comes up and speaks to you later and says, you know, don't talk about Jim and any Jim's in here. <clears throat> you know, Jim and Joe, they don't get along too good, so, you know, we kind of keep the peace. Well, somebody needs to be telling Jim and Joe some truth. Because there's no unity there. And that's where peace lies. Peace is the byproduct. It's the byproduct. But he also came to give reconciliation. You see, reconciliation is when the revelation, I mean, when the relation of hostile parties are restored to a relation of peace. We move toward God in conviction, repentance, acceptance, and change. Friends, you are in a body that is changing. Am I right on that this morning? How many of you is getting older? Don't do what you did 25 years ago. This body is changing, and on the reverse of that is in the spirit when we're growing, we are changing. You took the covenant morning this morning, 
to follow it to the best of your knowledge and ability. Now that you're in here, I'm going to talk straight. You don't have it all. You got to get some more. You got to let more come in. You ain't going to be the guy that you are today, next week or a year from now, if we let the Lord come in and do His work. I don't care how, what, what kind of stuff you got on your head or if you don't. I'm talking about He is going to grow us. And that's what we need to be seeking. That's what we need to be seeking. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know that? You're becoming new. The day you let Jesus in, you became new. And you're still being renewed. You have been reconciled with God. Colossians 1 and 20, And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. That's where the peace came from. It was so we could be reconciled with God. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. You remember when the Israelites were in the desert, right? Or in Egypt. And the death angel was coming. You remember that part? And he told them to take and put the blood on the doorpost. What did God say? When I see the blood, I will pass over. Now, if you say, well, it's just a bunch of baloney there. I ain't doing Well, you know what? Your firstborn's going to die. I don't believe in all. Well, you know what? He did it for everybody when Jesus was on the cross and shed his blood. And God's saying the same thing. When I see the blood, Yesterday, I ain't holding it against you. I don't care what bars you went through, what places you hung out, what you did, what you, you I am not going to hold it against you because the blood is there. He sees the righteousness of Christ, and that's what makes you and me righteous, is his blood. Amen? It's his blood that makes us righteous. But we got to receive that. We have to receive what he has for us. And see, it's not God's responsibility. It's sinner's responsibility. It's believer's responsibility to allow the Holy Ghost to do what he's going to do in our lives. Nowhere in Scripture will you hear it saying that God had to be reconciled to us. He's a holy God. He ain't never messed up. And he ain't going to. And if the Holy Ghost is in you and the Spirit is in you, you ain't going to neither as long as you're submitted. And you can backslide. Amen. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's some things we get stuck on. I'm going to touch a subject right now that's going to hurt. You ready? We spent the same energy reaching the lost and reaching those people who have slidden back and they're having all these things, but we don't want to give them truth because it hurts them. We've had something happen in our nation this week. And I serve my nation as a law enforcement officer. But friends, the day we take this flag and we raise it higher than that flag, We've gotten off track. 
we've gotten off track. I am a patriot of patriots, and I will die for this country. I have fought so the people, and I've been spit on. I've had feces thrown on me. I, you know, it, it's, been, it's not been good just so that we can have peace in our country. But as a pastor and as a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you now, don't get caught up with what the devil's laying out there as a trap. But run the testimony of Jesus Christ by raising that flag higher than that flag. Because if you're doing that, just who is your God? And I think all of you that have served, Jeff and Eddie, <coughs> who am I missing? Justin, Senior, George, I thank you for your service. But these are the very kinds of things that rob peace. Truth will bring peace to people. Truth will change people's lives. Truth is where it lies. You understand what I'm talking about? And I don't like bringing stuff into pulpit from the news cycles because, but sometimes something's got to be said. And I'm asking you, I'm begging you, don't raise that flag higher than you raise that flag. We can write letters. We can talk to people. We can make phone calls. We can tell them about Jesus. And you want to know something? He has a way of making things work out. He has a way of saving a soul. Now they don't see the way they used to see. And he went to the cross for that guy and that guy and that guy just as much as he did for you and me. Amen? You want to see the things changing? Then we've got to be taking this message to the people. This message has got to go out to the world. They've got to know who Jesus is. They've got to know all about him. You see, smooth, political, politically correct talk, it produces everything except peace of mind and peace of soul. It smooths things over for a little bit. It, it makes things a little bit easy for a little bit. Many think that peace at any price. They'll tolerate anything in religion to have a quiet life. They will keep the peace. I'll put that in quotations. That's the expense of truth. Friends, that's not what we're called to do. And let me tell you something, the Holy Ghost, he ain't going to do that. He ain't going to do that. Can I get an amen on that? He will not take us somewhere that ain't him. He will not be a representative of it. And he won't lead us to that place. See, a person who tolerates false doctrine will tolerate sin. And therefore, there is no peace. Why do we see all this going on in the world today, in our nation today, in churches today? Got all this headbutting going on. All this stuff is going on all because we're wanting to figure out what sins we can get by with. Friend, that's a flesh talking and that's the flesh wanting to rule. That is not the Holy Ghost doing the ruling. Amen? That's where he's at and that's where we're looking for peace and we want to have this come out and I'm trying to tell you and show you that wherever the peace is is when we have peace with God. He will bear his fruit in all conditions. There is a bad storm coming that could affect the, west, the east coast. It could affect us here in Virginia. We already know about it. We need to be praying about it. But storms are going to come in this life. They're going to happen. 
and controversy sometimes is necessary if truth and holiness is to be preserved. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I love him, but I don't like him. How? Can you answer me that? How? No, if we love somebody and we got Jesus in them and we're loving them, we're going to like them. We're going to be able to help. We're going to be able to see what God sees in them and what their potential is, what they can be. You see, peace with God means war with the devil. So circumstances don't necessarily mean something. You're going to be, when you say yes to Jesus, you're going to be warring with the devil every single day. Through people, through circumstances, through all kinds of things, you're going to be warring, but you still have peace. Why is it you have peace? Because you know who you are in Christ. I'm saved. That's why when we sang that song this morning, it just done something in me. It really hit me and struck a chord inside of me. Is he coming back right now? Because I could just feel the praise going out of me. I could feel something of him coming inside of me. You all did too. Because we were drawing close to him. So no matter what tomorrow holds, no matter what work holds tomorrow, don't lose your peace. Don't lose your peace. Some are quick on the trigger. And they look for the least opportunity to get revenge and make them pay. They're trying to be God, but a true believer at peace with God has the peace of God and he follows his commands. Romans 12 and 18, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. That's a command, folks. Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. A little kindness goes a long ways. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Martin Luther said, peace if possible, but truth at any rate. Believers should stand for truth. Get ready for this. Even if it means the loss of his job or his social status or his reputations as others view him. What really matters is how God sees it. And see, if that's what really matters, it doesn't matter what weapon that is formed against you. That's why it can't prosper. Because you know where you stand. You're standing with God. He's going to take care of you. Amen. He's going to hold on to you and get you through it. The Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Pursue peace. In Hebrews 12 and 14, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one, you hear that? No one will see the Lord. See, it's telling us there is no compromise when it comes to these things. This is the things that the devil comes at us and he comes at us hard. Peace in the church. We're supposed to have peace in the church, Ephesians 4 and 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
do you understand what endeavoring means? It's the effort. It's the effort. Colossians 2, 3 and 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. You see, we endeavor to keep the peace. We hold on to keep the peace. It's an effort. Ah, that's the Bible talking. That's not just me. I'll tell you what, all of you that believe in, <clears throat> excuse me, in praying, but I don't have to do anything, I want you to do me a favor today. I'm going to lock the doors when I leave so they'll lock behind you whenever you get it. But you just go ahead and you just start praying right now for God to get you home and you do nothing. Just sit right there in your seat. Now, if you don't get up and leave on your own, You'll be here when we get here at 6 o'clock for prayer service. We'll have more people here at prayer service than we've ever had. Am I right? God, I need to go home. Get me home. Well, you better get up and start walking to the car. You better pray that the car starts. You better pray you don't get run over walking around the corner of the building. You better pray that you don't get hit coming here. But you've got to be doing something. We're not talking about works. We're talking about you've got to be doing something because he said endeavoring. That's the effort. You see, <clears throat> now Denise and Jeff ain't got horses. You get that riding in the woods and stuff like that. My old horse gets a burr under his saddle. You know what burrs are? He gets a little weird, don't he? <laughs> people that ride horses, they know where burrs are. They avoid them. He gets that burr under his saddle. Or let's just take you. You get out of here. Everybody know, everybody know what a burr is? If you don't, raise your hand. I'll go in to explain that. An old burr, for some reason or another, they're like a magnet to metal. You get around them, they get on you, and then they don't want to go away. And they're real sticky things. They yeah, Like Velcro. That's exactly right. Good example. And them things will get on you. And they will not come off unless you do something. And when you do something, it's going to be some effort put into it. And it ain't going to be very pleasant. It will be painful. It's going to stick you in the fingers. And a good-sized burr, a good spur, it'll hurt for days. There's something on them. I mean, they must be dipped in poison or something. But they'll stick you. But it took some effort to get rid of the burr. That's endeavoring to keep the peace. You see, if me and Brother Wayne have a falling out over something, he gets a burr under his saddle right here, right in here somewhere, so start digging at him. And it irritates him. Now, he ain't going to act like Wayne's supposed to act. Right? And he might lash out at me. Woo. It ain't because that's what's in his spirit. It's because of something that's happened to him. And that burr is there, and it's just grinding at him. And it's going to take some effort to get that burr out. And that means now that he's lashed out at me, I'm, I don't go and say, well, I never have nothing to do with him again, that idiot. He's been preaching 40-some years, got all this he's got to say, did this, did that, did this in the community, got all this going on. You know how it goes. Who's he think he is? Huh? All because he just hurt my feelings. 
endeavoring to keep the peace. Means me and him both, and he can't reach back there because he's getting old. He can't reach the center of his back no more. <laughs> My job, even though he hurt me, is to get back here and reach in and get that burr out so that now we have kept the peace, the unity of peace. Right. Because right. you see, we got a job to do as a church, friends. And can I tell you something? It will not get done if we don't keep the unity of the peace. We got to endeavor. We got to work at it. I unbuttoned my collar this morning, and some of you might not like it. Well, get over it. Amen. He did too, so I'm good good company. Me and you'll have church next week. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We have to endeavor now because who came in and put the burr there? The devil did. And now we can't be about our business if we're sitting this far apart. Amen? So, in your own personal life, what gave you the sourpuss face? Find it, fix it. Call the preacher. The preacher will do everything he can to help you. I promise you this, it will be true. It might make you mad. You might want to walk away, and you might walk away. Truth at all costs. Because that's where peace lies. You got a song? You and the guys get up and sing it something here in just a second. If we can't be about the business of God, if we don't have that. Well, I got love. My joy is faltering, and I'm right now I don't have a whole lot of peace. Well, I've got news for you, friend. You best sit here till you find it. Because this message will be robbed from you before you get out of here today. And what you put off to tomorrow won't happen. That is the trick of the devil. That's what he does. Make peace. You might have to make peace with somebody sitting in this church with you right now. Husbands and wives. And I know you have to whoop up on Mike sometimes, but make peace. Mike, receive it. They're going to whoop me now. I know. I just blowed the peace. It's the peace. It's the peace. You see, we deal with stuff, right? The apostles, what did they have? They had this, right? Because they did things that, that, that Jesus did, right? Did they not? Did they not? Did they not lay hands on people and they were raised from the dead? Isn't that in the Bible? It's in Acts. Acts ain't done yet. Because they had the fruit of the Spirit going on. When somebody's tossing rocks at you because you're putting their little God down, peace ain't about the circumstances, it's about the relationship with Christ. Storms are going to come. And the storms are going to get you through. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. See, the Holy Ghost, he will bear his fruit, his peace. That's what we're covering this morning. In the church, if the members of the body will let that peace rule. 
It's up to you if you want to have peace or not. Amen? You just got to do it His way. And if they endeavor to keep the unity, it's going to happen. You see, peace is like glue. It's what holds us together. It's what holds us together if we will allow Him to do the work. I'm going to leave you with one more scripture because I want you to chew on this one and I'm done. I know I kept you long this morning. I do it every week, so I'm still sorry. This week too. Y'all pray for me. I can get over that and do better. Did the Bible say somewhere that he who has begun a good work in you will do what? He will complete it. Now, isn't that a warm and fuzzy scripture? Don't we like that one? Let me put it to you another way. He started a good work in you, and he's going to complete it. It makes us feel good and fuzzy. But when something's going on inside of us where we've gotten sidetracked, the devil's tried to move in, the trial, the test. See, the test builds our faith, right? It'll bring along patience. It helps us with our peace. He promised us he would complete the work. Catch it the first time it comes around. Let him do his work. And you don't have to take the test again. That's how much he loves you. But you should have peace in your trials too. Because he promised that he would complete that work that he started. Now if that means there's some bitterness and angerness and stuff like that floating around inside of me, he's going to get it out. If it ain't comfortable, like that old burr on Brother Wayne's saddle, you just get to walk around with the burr an extra day or an extra six months or an extra year. Well, maybe, God forbid, he's not so stubborn and sinful that it goes on for 10, 15, 20 years. Just hurts me. Because you know what? God says, I love you. I called you into this, and I'm getting to that burr one way or another. You might have to be crippled before I can, you can let me get in there and get it, but I'm going to get it. Amen? Now, that's not, that don't make us feel too good, does it? That warm, fuzzy scripture, I just don't go on and ruined it for you, but that gives us peace because we can trust in Him to pull out of us what is in there that don't belong. We can trust in Him to build that peace inside of us. Stand to your feet this morning.